And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, they will hook you up with 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. Beat writer Patrick Lyons will be along joining the conversation in just a few moments as he is finishing up with a meeting. And on today's show, we've got a number of things. As is usual, Monday is a hodgepodge. It's always great for Q&As. If you've got Qs, well, we've got some A's for you today. Throw them at us in the comments section. Remember, we're always live here Monday through Friday on the Periscope and the Facebook, also on YouTube on Wednesdays. Make sure you're subscribed to that so you don't miss out for the DF. Today, a few things going on out there in the world. Of course, we've got to talk about minor league, not really minor league, independent league baseball, baseball in the state of Colorado kind of being saved, sort of. We'll get into the gritty details about all of that, but um, you know, something Patrick and I have talked about a lot. There's still going to be baseball in Grand Junction, Colorado Springs, so that, that's something to be talked about. Uh, a few other little bits of movement. I uh, want Patrick to be able to share his thoughts on the Jeff Hoffman, Robert Stevenson trade as well. Uh, I did my thoughts on that for a live that, uh, you know, kind of got lost in the shuffle and actually hasn't been included in the podcast. So I may reiterate some of my thoughts there as well. I did have a few things I wanted to get to up top here today. One, a quick cross board reference and tip of the cap to Denver Broncos quarterback, Kendall Hinton. Uh, really, uh, it, it was an inspirational story, and it was an awful football game. Uh, it's the most football I've watched in a very long time. And and then for those of you that don't know, and I can't imagine that, that you didn't know this, it was actually interesting in a, in a great number of ways, uh, not the least of which was the fact that the story was actually broke publicly by DNVR's golf people, not DNVR Broncos, not RK and, and Zach and, and Mason, those guys who do a phenomenal job and, you know, have like dedicated their lives to the Denver Broncos and all this stuff. Like, no, 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 no. Spence Smith, our golf guy, had it before anybody. That was fun and interesting. But, it, it, you know, it was – and I know a lot of other people have made this particular point before, but it, it was one another great reminder that every person – Versus, oh, yeah, I could do X, Y, or Z out there in the professionals. or You just couldn't. You could not. You couldn't hang out there with those guys. Uh, this kid was, uh, you know, an All-American in high school. He got a scholarship to go to Wake Forest. Uh, you know, and no, you just couldn't. <laughs> That's, it's kind of the end of the conversation, right? It's, 
it's a very stark reminder of what even an extraordinarily gifted athlete who belongs on a practice squad in the NFL would look like if thrown into the fire. So any Yahoo off the street, and you know, it's, it's true of all sports. And it's, it's, I think, good for us to all get a reminder of that every once in a while. We can get pretty cynical about sports. We can get pretty negative. We can get pretty intense about guys who make mistakes and fumble or commit an error. You drop baseball. You, you throw it over the first baseman's head. You make a mistake. You throw the pitch right down the middle. You cost the team the game in a way that just makes you shake your head. And this is another reminder that, the you know, we talk about the margin of error, man. It can be so, so thin. And you take out four quarterbacks off of a team and you force some dude to go out there and do it. And you think, well, you know, we all, we all start talking ourselves into certain things. I was doing a little bit, you know, he's got a, an NFL offensive line in front of him. He's got receivers out there running some routes. Someone gets open, you know, maybe I could throw a, a little screen pass or whatever. No, I would die. I would get killed dead. That's what would happen. You know, it's the same thing standing in the batter's box against somebody in, low a i would not be able to touch the baseball um so it was just one of those things that went on in the world of sports over the weekend that uh, i wanted to touch on just because as, as you all know especially those of you who've been long time listeners to either the live shows or the podcast that it's just always something i've been very passionate about i think people are too cynical about sports i think people are too angry about sports and i understand it's it's easy to be and it's also easy to channel anger from other areas of your life and, and just say, you know, I'm I'm using sports as an outlet, and, and I totally get all of that. But um, it's nice to be not humbled, like individually, just all of us humbled uh, by how really, really good some of the people that we've convinced ourselves through narrative just are garbage. And it's like, no, 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 no. Ian Desmond is only a terrible baseball player. When you compare him to the top 0.25% of all the baseball players in the world, and even compared to them, he's okay, right? We've even talked about that step up. I, I think it's one of the things, to, to bring it to more of a baseball conversation, that particularly the war era has led to a, a little bit of a misnomer about this notion that there's a replacement player, that there's just a guy on any given team that you can go pluck out a triple a and just put them on your team and expect them to play major league quality baseball. Like being a major league quality baseball player is tremendously difficult to do. And you know, it's, th this was an extreme example of, of something like that. Right. I, I think I tweeted out that it was sort of like watching a baseball game where one team that, being the Broncos here, only had position players available to pitch. And the other team only had like double A guys available to pitch. Of course, the big difference is that in baseball would lead to a whole bunch of scoring. And for the first half in that football game, there was like no scoring whatsoever. Right. But uh, regardless of that particular nuance of the individual sports, it was just that funky just to watch a football game where where the guy at the most important position, and that's why quarterback and pitcher is the analogy, just doesn't have the level of capability we're used to seeing. We're so used to just capable, quality, major league pitchers, right? Like our baseline is Jordan Lyles, right? And, it, and it's like, yeah, the guys in double-A are worse than Jordan Lyles. The guy in triple-A, 
when he was a Rocky, right? Um, it's just, man, it's brutal out there. And and that's why I, I try to be one of those people that focuses in on the celebration that you can have when it does work out for someone, when someone does break through and prove that they belong and that they're one of these guys. And so, you know, you could just see in, in a guy like Kendall Hanton, like he did not have it. So toast today, I'm, I've got the avalanche amber for my breakfast of choice. Grab whichever one you got out there, whichever your Breck brew of choice is for the day at hand and toast it to Kendall Hinton and anyone else out there in the world of sports who's been thrown into. Uh, give me your, yours in the comments. Let me know, uh, you know, other guys who've been thrown into or gals who've been thrown into absolutely insane situations. I mean, like, I guess hockey, they have the e-bugs, right? The emergency backup goalie situation. There was that one just last year where dude actually won a hockey game that way. That's incredible. Uh, I, I just, I love stuff like that throughout sports. I, I find it inspirational. Uh, and it's, it's good to remember those kinds of stories when things are bleak and, and difficult and rough out there, which we of course know that for the Rockies a lot lately, they have been. Uh, so as, as I was saying a minute ago, the Rockies did make a trade. Uh, I talked about it in a live last week, but uh, for the podcast to, reiterate a little bit and hopefully Patrick will be able to come on and share his thoughts at the end of this. Uh, the, the Jeff Hoffman era in Colorado is over again to toast your Breck brew to Jeff Hoffman. Um, y'all know the story was the main centerpiece of the Troy Tulowitzki trade. High hopes for him coming in was a top 10 draft pick right near right ahead of Kyle Freeland in that draft. And, and it just never panned out. You had basically one month in 2017 where you thought for a minute, it's going to work out for this guy. It's going to be a great pickup. If, if Jeff Hoffman's what they get, then Jeff Hoffman's what they get, but he, he's going to be really good. And then uh, the league adjusted and he never did back and everything from stuff to attitudinal issues. And uh, it didn't pan out for Jeff Hoffman and there's every chance he could and become the next Drew Pomeranz or whatever example you want to use of a pitcher who there were high hopes for uh, actually. And, and this is a very similar you know, story from beginning to end, right? Because both Hoffman and Pomeranz were acquired as minor leaguers in trades for big blockbuster Rockies players, Tulo and Ubaldo Jimenez in the Pomeranz example. And then Pomeranz has obviously gone on to a decent amount of success in Major League Baseball. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if the same thing happens for Hoffman. Uh, one, because again, the, the the raw stuff is still just there. It's it's continued to be there. He can hit 97 with that fastball. He can throw a pretty wicked curve. He can do some things with that. Um, and getting away from cores, and it does get into guys' heads and change of scenery and all that. But, whether it works out for Hoffman or not, it's a good trade for the Rockies. And and my sort of go-to on this has, has become this. I, You know, Patrick and I laid out the groundwork for what the Colorado Rockies should be doing at the beginning of the offseason. We ran through all of this data and recognized these pretty stark correlations that just say they shouldn't be signing big-name free agent pitchers. Bullpen, starter, Otherwise, they shouldn't be giving a whole bunch of money to these guys because when they do that, they're invested in them both in terms of the money and in terms of you know, how many 
chances they have to, how many opportunities the, the Brian Shaw, Wade Davis problem. You have to keep seeing if they're maybe going to come through and fulfill their p- potential, their resume, their contract, right? The Mike Hampton, Denny Nagel problem before that. You can't get overly invested in those guys, but you also can't do nothing. You need to fix your bullpen and give this core. If what they're trying to do, and they are, I know Patrick, you know, he was here also, Go for the full rebuild and tear it all down, which is true. But since they're not going to do that, this is the way that you build if you're trying to fix your bullpen, not through one acquisition of Robert Stevenson, but through the acquisition of three or four or five guys like this who, one, don't cost you much to acquire them. So whether it's you know a contract that's a low-level contract, or in this case, a trade of a guy who had really been for your organization, who you might've just ended up having to cut off of your roster anyway. Like they're going into last year. There was the conversation about whether or not Jeff Hoffman would just be straight DFA off the Rockies roster so that they got anything for him at all is a win. And then it, it cost you almost nothing to get this guy which too means then you're not overly invested in him. You, you don't have to hand him, you know, he's not going to come in expecting to pitch the eighth or the ninth inning or to make certain amount of appearances, any of that stuff. And then two has got some shine on that resume. He's 28. He's got two years in a four where he's been healthy. And in those two years, he's been very good. The other two, he's only pitched 10 and 11 innings. So he's not hurting his team when he's not out there. If Stevenson is the average of what he's been when he's healthy, makes the Rockies' bullpen immediately better. That's a good thing. He doesn't save the Rockies' bullpen. He doesn't turn the Rockies' bullpen from an epic disaster into world beaters. Not even He doesn't do that at all. This is a move at the back end of the bullpen, not the top end of the bullpen. But it makes better. It makes them immediately better. Not by much. doesn't solve anything. But four or five of them, again, I, I don't. no one will be running to the press. No one and be calling mama, 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 the Rockies are fixed. They got four pitchers who are put up a 105 ERA plus next year. This team is back, baby. Like that's no one's going to say that. But when you look at the numbers that Patrick really dive deeply into this offseason, they suggest exactly that, that the Rockies' biggest problem has been a lack of, of depth that they have high end players and then they have low, low end players. Jeff Hoffman being one of those guys who's been a low end player for them over the last several years. And so replacing him on the roster with somebody who's back to that conversation, back to the Kendall Hinton thing, back to being league average. What does it mean to be a zero war player? Is that even worth anything? Yes. It is very much worth a thing. In fact, the, the the numbers people have figured some of this stuff out. They can tell you exactly how much just being 0.0, 0.5 war is worth a million bucks or so. I'd, I'd have to look it up. It's probably even more than that. It goes up. It's, it changes from year to year. And now, I guess, in the economy, who even knows? But um, so... No, it's not the kind of move anyone's going to get excited about. And if they made four moves, people wouldn't be four times as excited. But I will be. Because 
I think it'd be the exact recognition of one, their failures and what they've really, really not done well. And two, where they capably can make themselves better. And, and that to me is just as important. A recognition of a shift in the philosophy is really, really important for this. It does look like our guy, Patrick Lyons, is ready to hop in here and offer his take on the acquisition of Robert Stevenson. I definitely think it's an upgrade uh, over Jeff Hoffman, who just simply couldn't get it done in Colorado, and it just wasn't a fit for him. I don't think he was feeling any of the, hey, I was kind of the main prospect in the Troy Tulowitzki deal. Guys get over that kind of stuff like so quickly. Like they have to. You'd be surprised how many guys don't know that kind of stuff or know like, oh, dude, you're two for your last 31. Like, do you know how how critical the spot is and, and how bad you've been? No, they, they don't know how bad they've been. And they shouldn't because they need to have the mental fortitude to get over those moments. So, yeah, totally. whatever. I, I was traded for Troy Tulowitzki. You know what that means? That means that this team that I play for and this organization believed in me and said I was a valuable asset that they want on their team going forward, and they're giving me opportunities. That's the only thing he needs to think. That being yeah. said, he also probably thinks, damn, I do not like pitching here. So yeah. he's probably very no, glad to be pitching for Spincinati who, you know, we, we've said it so many times, like these guys who go out and they're okay or they do a good job in Colorado and then immediately become, you know, stars somewhere else. And that's not really always true. I think DJ LeMahieu has been the only real guy you could say that about. Yeah, Mike Talkman had a, you know, uh, was lightning in a bottle there for a moment. Yeah, yeah, Jake yeah. McGee. Jake McGee won a World Series ring last year with no, the Dodgers. No. A sentence no. Uh, no. I predicted on this po- – no, I didn't. I, no. Could have never had foreseen no. something like that. But guys do pitch well. What it will be interesting with Hoffman is that he will get to, to team with Kyle Bodie, the uh, founder of Driveline. And, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's working with the Reds. And it's kind of interesting. I think it's somewhat of a gray area that, that baseball's turning a blind eye to, in a sense. But at the same time, what does it actually mean? You know, Bodie is still able to work for Driveline, yet he can also – um, scout and uh, I'm not sure exactly of, of his title, but uh, yeah, um, he, he he does work um, for the Reds, so he can kind of look at the national database that he's got from guys that work in driveline and say, hey, this guy's got a lot of spin on it, and we know that's the, been the case for Hoffman. We'll see if it actually translates to anything, but um, you know, the, the, I think the Rockies did well to almost get something for nothing because I don't right. think they had anything in Jeff Hoffman who had no options. What you got is, is a guy in, in Robert Stevenson who, if you put uh, their best seasons uh, comparatively next to each other, Robert Stevenson had two of the best seasons between him and Hoffman, right. you know, had, right. had, had a fantastic year um, in 2019 and, um, you know, had a really good year in, in 2017 as well. In fact, you might even say that was his, his most valuable year in a lot of ways. Um, so they, they got the better of, of the two. I, I, I'm a little puzzled with the, the Case Williams piece. I, I feel like this was more, um, I, I think having to give up your fourth round selection to get outfield depth is, is not great. 
but um, I think they probably could have ended up getting a little bit more. But you know, at, at the end of the day, um, I can't really fault them too much. I, I think it was two guys who needed a, a change in location, and they said, "Hey, let's kind of sweeten the pot a little bit." And and you you keep hearing by all the reports that the Reds were really interested in Case Williams, and we're actually going to look to take him in the fourth round. And yet, in exchange, all you got yeah. was a depth piece that maybe will be a, a fourth outfielder. Kind of think they would have been able to get a little bit more there on that. So it almost it almost tells you that Stevenson was the better player, and it could wasn't it couldn't have been just Stevenson versus Hoffman. Rockies needed to sweeten the pot and said, "Hey, you guys are really interested in Case Williams. Okay, we'll go ahead and include him, but you know, throw us back a depth piece." So like that was, that was I feel like that was kind of how the conversation went. So Rockies ended up coming away with the the better player. It doesn't mean he'll perform better, but I, I do like it, and, and hopefully, it is the start of, of bigger things to come. That would be my bet. That's exactly in my mind how I saw the conversation unfolding when I saw the the whole trade it was the Rockies one and Stevenson. Uh, they offered Hoffman. The Reds thought, okay, we can do something with that. They knew they liked that, but we liked him. They, there's the driveline connection there. They said, okay, and they and and the Reds went, okay, we want Case Williams too. And and if I'm the Rockies, I don't let Case Williams be the reason I don't make this trade. I don't, don't you know, I like the, the story could be a great story. Um, and you never know, could be one of those guys. And there's always the thing about altitude and, growing up in it and all that stuff. But ultimately if you're, you're just asking for um, no I'm blank on it. Jameson, Hannah, is that right? Yeah. Um, if, if you're just, if you're saying, okay, give me something, give me, give me, give me a minor leaguer back. You, you can have case Williams, but I don't want it to be a two for one trade. So just throw me a, a depth piece. Like you said, then I think it works. And, and I would, I would be willing to bet at the DraftKings Sportsbook app that that is how it went down. <laughs> Yeah, and Colorado needs that depth, which is which. Again, it would be unfortunate if the tree if Hannah was almost the, the centerpiece. We go, we need depth. We're willing to give up our fourth round pick. Like <laughs> that would be bad. Shame. That would be bad. Yeah. But at the same time, they they actually are are somewhat in in desperate need of that, and it'll it'll be super interesting to see what happens with the Rockies minor leaguers and all minor leaguers all across the country. Um, with, yeah. With this shortened season and it could it could shake things up i don't think it'll be it'll be that drastic but i think it's enough where you know uh halfway point in the season you go hey man some of these some of these guys the rockies got are are, are much better players than maybe we had anticipated and again it could just be a, a good two and a half months but it could be you know a sign of things to come as well d rod mini pudge my, that's my guess. It's my, my bet, again, if I'm going to the, the draft. Well, you, you segued us in there nicely, but I do got to pay a little bit of paper over to our friends at WGT. And I'll tell you what, I love plugging our friends at WGT because, uh, I mean, I think I – actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure I partake of, like, all of our sponsors, at least the ones I can I, – uh, that it would make sense to. I'm trying to think of, but, yeah. I was about to say, because I just play this game all the time. I was like, you know, you're also drinking Breck Brew all the time. You have Strava Craft Coffee every morning. It's like, <laughs> it's like okay, whatever, man. But still, it's fun, and it's really free. In fact, not only is it free, you can basically make money now playing WGT Golf with us at the DNVR Club 4 we got going on now. 
Uh, man, this thing is so much fun. You got to get on there. You got to join that. You got to send us screenshots so that we can get you entered to win some free stuff through the Christmas time. We'd be doing that again. Get it at DNVR Golf today. Totally free. Join those weekly weekend tournaments. Join Country Club DNVR 4. Let us know how you do on the digital golf links. And Patrick, as you were about to say there. Hey, I came in sixth place. I came in sixth place in the DNVR group. Oh, wow. Give me a chance here. Yeah, I screwed my last shot. Probably could have slipped up in the fourth, but Uh, just saying. Just saying. It's that last shot, yeah. Always got to check the leaderboards. It's a, it's a good point. I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I, I'm I'm trying to fight for a spot in DNVR gaming. You know what I mean. And I feel like if I pay my dues on WGT, maybe I'll be taken a little more seriously. There you With go. DNVR gaming that is. Right, right, right. With the very serious people over at DNVR gaming. Um, <laughs> and so, as you were just saying, there is of course a lot up in the air when it comes to minor league baseball. Or I suppose we're going to have to come up with a, like a new umbrella term. I was even texting you right before I came on and we're so used to using terms like MILB to, you know, ref, to refer to all these teams and there are going to be fewer of them and there's going to be more teams that we're going to be paying attention to. But the, the picture's at least getting a little bit clearer for us, Patrick. Some some news came out today that I, I you'd been on and, and, you know, we've been talking about a lot of this. And so I think we're pretty much prepared for this. But why don't you run the people through uh, what's going on out there with the the Pioneer League? I mean, I guess they're keeping the name. Like there, there's some kind of a good news, bad news thing. But we knew the bad news was inevitable. So the good news happening, I think, is is the bigger takeaway here. That's where I'm at mentally. Yeah, we thought we were going to uh, hear the, uh, the death announcement. Uh, I thought right. maybe the death knell is even possibly, and instead, no. It's it's something a bit more promising. There's some other good Colorado news, as, as you kind of uh, touched on this idea of MILB. We don't know what it's going to be called going forward because there will not be an MILB president. MLB is going to take it over. It could It could have some kind of sponsorship. I don't know if they'll come up with any kind of interesting name. You know, the developmental league in the NBA was the D League. Gatorade sponsored it, became the G League. MLB might look to do something similar like that. I don't know if anything lines up uh, quite as well, but with those short season leagues kind of going away, MLB said, we don't want to totally leave you hanging. Um, So the the Appalachian League, we don't have all the details on that just yet. They're in the process of becoming um, a Summerwood Collegiate League, Um, much like the New York Penn League. uh, It was announced today will officially become uh, what they're calling the MLB Draft League, which I believe will also be a summer collegiate league for juniors and seniors in college so instead of seeing newly drafted high school players and college players uh, coming through you know some of those ha- uh, towns in, in Mahoning Valley uh, now Trenton New Jersey uh, a ballpark that I've been to uh, a few times Staten Island Yankees I believe are going to be all a part of that now instead of it being newly drafted guys it'll be guys who haven't quite yet gotten drafted and so in fact you might even see better talent and in fact that is what a lot of the people involved in this from these organizations have said is that, you know what, we might even be getting better players than we would have previously. So um, they're getting the cream of the crop. And then the pioneer league will continue to be called the pioneer league and the grand junction Rockies, although they are not associated with major league baseball and minor league baseball in any way are still the Rockies. 
the Grand Junction Rockies. Same with the Rocky Mountain Vibes down in Colorado Springs. They're going to be considered one of the four partner leagues. Now, the previous three that had been announced. After all that rebranding, that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> the, the previous three partner leagues, it's similar to what they did with the Atlantic League. If you remember back in 2019, they, they linked up with the Atlantic League, um, fixed all the stadiums with um, some eagle eye technology so that players could get more information about their spin rate, exit velocity, things of that nature, make them a little bit more marketable. And in exchange, MLB was able to try out their automated strike zone. Um, they they tinkered with stealing first base. So if the first pitch goes over the catcher's head and, and it hits off of a, a piece of brick and, and starts rolling down the, the left field line, guess what? You could steal first base if you wanted to. Interesting. I hate that, but you, know what, you know what I'm – that's actually starting to grow on me. I should have, we haven't talked about this in a while. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. It's starting to grow on me. I like, yeah, I don't hate it. I, I, my, I, I give it a, a I, I used to give it an F minus and I'm, I've moved up to, I don't know, maybe D. Like, I okay. I don't know. It makes that's the what first it takes for me to get exciting, my, doesn't it? It, it, I, it, it adds a thing. It adds a thing. I won't deny that it adds a thing. And if it's what I need to get my electronic strike zone, I'll allow it. I mean, it's I I could see it getting out of hand. Can you imagine Tracy Ringlesby sitting there watching a baseball game where dudes are taking off for first base on the second pitch of an at bat because a pretty decent slider that maybe even fooled the hitter, and he takes a check swing and takes off for first because he's got speed and the catcher has got no feet and then it's just like man, I don't even know what are we even playing baseball anymore? But I don't know. And it's a tie in the game later on. And then we're starting with a runner on second base. And then only oh. position players are allowed to pitch oh. in extra innings. I oh, that no. one I made up, but it could be coming. <laughs> so, so we found out that it'll be one of these partner leagues. So what that's going to allow MLB to do is, I think, really keep a better uh, and closer eye on players who are just no longer – you know, minor league prospects. I think it's going to, uh, in a lot of ways, help clean up the minor leagues. Not that I think that they're they're dirty in any way to, to stick with with uh, the language that I'm using. But I think it, instead of having these 29, 30, maybe even 31-year-old players in AA and AAA, they'll allow them to go to these partner leagues and play there. Or uh, players who are coming back from Tommy John surgery. Well, you know what? We can't give you any guaranteed money right now, but we can keep an eye on you and, and take good care of you uh, in, in Ogden, Utah, because the Ogden Raptors, they're still alive uh, as part of, of the Pioneer League. So um, it, it's, it allows MLB to have this umbrella to keep an eye on these independent leagues and really support them a little bit more and allow the players to feel a little more supported and have a more direct inroad to MLB. Maybe it'll allow for a lot more scouting to go on for those players. So, you know, if you've got that dream, to play in the majors now, instead of getting drafted or signing as an undrafted free agent and going to the minor league system, now you'll have another road. It's almost like this parallel, much more dirtier and thornier road where you're playing in partner leagues for right. a while. But you know what? You're parallel with some of those guys who did get drafted. And you know what? You still might be allowed that opportunity to play in the majors. It, it might only be a slight uptick, but now it's just going to look a little bit different. The other big news that did come out with this announcement about the Pioneer League is that all eight teams will be coming back in the Pioneer League, except for one slight adjustment. The Orem Owls of Orem, Utah are now, we don't know if officially going to be called this, but they're going to be playing 2021 
in northern Colorado. Yeah. Now, we don't know if that's going to be their name, if they'll, if they'll do some kind of rebranding. Nor northern Colorado Owls does fit well, uh, as we do have a lot of beautiful great horned owls still in our uh, our beautiful mm -hmm. state. And so that does translate, I think, in a lot of ways. And yeah. there's a facility being built up there. Um, uh, the, the the Future League Ballpark. I think I screwed one of the names wrong up there. Um, it's, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a project that I know Ryan Spielborgs was working on for a while. I remember a couple of years ago when he was kind of first announced as, as one of the spokespeople. I, I asked him and said, you guys also building a minor league ballpark up there too? I said, Maybe. And I think you know now that that was <laughs> one of those kind of the plan. Yeah. yeah, that was the plan all along was to hopefully attract one of those teams. And it really didn't look good when the whole idea was floated in 2019. Like, hey, you know what? Pioneer League might not even exist anymore. So that was, you know, obviously very frustrating. But they're looking – they got like 115 acres up there in, in Windsor, uh, pretty much on the eastern side of, of I-25, so right across from where Loveland is at, not too far from Fort Collins. They're going to have soccer fields, baseball fields. It's it's going to increase tourism in the area, um, you know, a hundredfold. It, they're looking to do some serious numbers and really make northern Colorado – kind of the, the hub for, for youth sports in a lot of ways, one of those, those big meccas. And uh, at the center of that could be this ballpark that I don't think will be ready until, uh, I believe, 2022. So I don't know where they're going to be playing this, uh, this first season. So they may have to wait for a while. But it'll be nice that they'll be a travel partner for the Rocky Mountain vibes down in Colorado Springs because they're, they're fairly close together, you know, maybe about two and a half hours at distance. But they'll be able to – you know, travel well when teams come through Grand Junction. They can go play it in, in uh, northern Colorado and then go south and, and play against the Rocky Mountain Vibes, whatever it might be. And and you're right, Drew, it, it's it's still bad news, but it could have been a lot worse. And sprinkled inside was a little bit of hope that, hey, you know what, we're actually – it might not be the same quality in a sense. And it might not be under the, the banner of MLB, but now there's going to be one extra team in Colorado that fans out there can move for. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling way different about it. You know, obviously, as somebody from Grand Junction, someone from the area who knows how much the people there just love their baseball and have always supported it. And, you know, I, I think there's there's definitely people there who do care about the MLB affiliation and are, and are going to be bummed out about losing that. But they're still going to go out and support the team that's there. And the idea that I thought we were losing to Colorado baseball, not just two Colorado baseball teams, two Colorado baseball cities. I thought we were going to lose that. And that was going to hurt me more than anything else. And that now not only is that not happening, but we're maybe probably, it looks like going to gain another baseball city in Colorado. That's just so, so super cool. Uh, for those of you that just want to travel around the state and watch baseball. I promise you it's one of the best things that you can do in life is travel around this beautiful state of ours and take in baseball games, wherever the, the owls <laughs> may end up being. So yeah, I am, uh, my, my heart is filled with joy, even if there is that bittersweet recognition of it sort of being forced, this all sort of being forced upon them in a way that I'm still not super thrilled about, you know, it is what it is, Patrick. And not only that, not only can you go all around this beautiful state and be able to check out all kinds of baseball, but these ballplayers who are coming in here too are going to be able to go over to Infinity Park and some rugby. It's just booming out here. There are sports everywhere, no matter where you're at. 
Get there in Glendale, though. I'll tell you what, you have got to check out what's going on there with the new training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams making Colorado the place for rugby in the United States. And if you want to get the skinny, you got to check out the DNVR Rugby Podcast with Colton Strickler. He's got you hooked up with the download, whether you need the 101 just to learn all about the sport or you want to get room and figure out everything there is to know about the deepest parts of the game, wherever you're coming at it from, we've got you covered at DNVR, of course. Rugby is a sport that's really, really easy to get into and appreciate. And if you're out there appreciating independent sports and independent baseball and stuff like that, this is another thing right up here. I think we might have lost our buddy Drew there. And I tell you, another reason why it's pretty important to make sure you're, you're following DNVR Rugby is because if things keep going the way that they've been for the Denver Broncos – you might be seeing a couple of rugby players, you know, strap on a little bit more equipment uh, and and suit up for the Bronx because uh, what what happened yesterday was was a wild one. It's it's a day none of us are are ever going to forget. And um, much like we were talking about with minor leagues, this is a day that I think places like Grand Junction and Colorado Springs are never going to forget because baseball is still alive in their town, and that that's huge. That's huge in, in a major way. I, I was able to actually speak with someone from uh, the Grand Junction Rockies today, and uh, they were they were ecstatic to kind of be back in action. You know, uh, the success of of these partner leagues. You know, it it could be hard. You know, as I mentioned, there were three before uh, the Pioneer League. You, you had the Frontier League, you had the Atlantic League, and you had the American Association. You had those three independent leagues they've been operating for quite some time and so they they know what they need to do they know how to make the ledgers balance and while they didn't play this year obviously because of the pandemic um they were still able to to keep themselves afloat so that they'll be able to you know have games in in 2021 but the the pioneer league they don't necessarily have that guarantee it's it's brand new for them it'll actually be interesting to see if these other three independent partner leagues can be more successful than the Pioneer League, than, than MLB's own brand new, because they don't have experience doing that. Whereas the American Association, Frontier League, et cetera, they actually have that experience. So that will be um, easy interesting thing. Easy dub, easy dub. A little bit. Yeah, Pioneer League is, is the easy dubs. And, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, Colorado Springs possibly losing a, a, a team. You know, I, I, I went to, to check out the Pecos League because – um, if you're if you're a real hardcore baseball guy, yeah. you definitely should be checking out Pecos League Baseball. That's independent league that will not be partnered with MLB. It has some of the same footprint. It's it's Southwest, so pretty much starts with Trinidad. Um, has a te- there's a team in Santa Fe. There's a team in Roswell, the Invaders. Uh, they've got like this lime, electric lime green uniform. Even the pants. I mean, yeah. It's fantastic. And it stretches no. all the way out to about Southern California. I actually think there were a couple of teams in their league last year uh, in Sonoma. But they actually added a team in Colorado Springs. So now Colorado Springs is actually going to have two professional ball clubs. They'll have the Rocky Mountain Vibes, and they'll have what will be the brand new Colorado Springs Snow Sox. How do you like that in the Pecos League? So they'll be playing at Spurgeon Field. So I they love won't, that. They won't be at UC Health Field playing where the old Sky Sox played. 
but it is a cool homage. I, I do like the name Snow Sox. So I like that a lot. Yeah, I hadn't heard that before. I didn't know that. So there's going to be some opportunities for for you guys out there to you know support local baseball and and we've got the 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 Rocky Mountain Collegiate Baseball League where the Boulder Collegians uh, are still going strong. They actually were still able to have a, a season this past summer. Uh, they did it. They were very careful, very strategic. They were still able to do that during the pandemic. The Mile High Collegiate League took a break. So you know there there's college baseball, wood bat summer leagues. Uh, we now got independent baseball. Uh, and we still have the Colorado Rockies. So, you, you know, know Colorado got a lot of baseball for y'all out there. We need a, we need a DNVR van. And uh, that just has a con on a constant loop. That brother song from dreams. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, the one I think it's called Jessica, the one with no, no words in it. And they just go. And we just need to run around the, you, you know, it's all like, yeah. And then oh, we just yeah. go around Colorado in our van. <laughs> Hit us up if you're out there too. Like, like we will come and hang out with you at an independent league baseball game. If if you like, give us enough advance warning, and you know, assuming that at some point in the relatively near future, life is in a state where it makes sense to travel places and meet people. Like, I could just see a world where you and I, like when the Rockies are out on the road, we take the DNVR van up to wherever the owls are playing or down to Colorado Springs or out to Grand Junction and throw a couple of subscribers in the back, whoever won the, the competition that week or the trivia show or something like that. And we just bring a couple people out and go take in an independent baseball game, go down to the Pecos, like wherever, any kind of baseball somewhere. Cause why not, man? I'm up for it. I'll, I'll even do you one better. Colorado vintage baseball association. So CVBBA.org. Check them out. I actually, uh, we have we got a couple uh, Saber members that uh, participate on the team. Uh, our, our buddy Roger there, he, he even wears the old-timey uniforms. Uh, he'll he'll oh, show yeah. up to a Vibes game. And, yeah, well, he, he wrote the uh, the Images in America, Baseball in Colorado Springs. So he, he wrote that. Uh, smart guy, knows his history, uh, just like our buddy Chris Moyer. And uh, I actually, in, in uh, 2019, last year, helped uh, coordinate – a old timey game of baseball where they played with no gloves. They played with a, you know, a, a weird looking baseball that was just kind of two pieces of, it was almost like if a football and a baseball had a baby, it, it, it was very strange. And they, they played an old timey game with, with old rules and everything. And those guys, they travel all around Colorado and, and, and all around this area. Um, so I, I would, yeah, that would be a great yeah. double header watching the, the Northern Colorado Owls and then driving to, to some open field and watching guys play with no mitts, gigantic like dowels of wood. It's like, it, it wasn't even right. like, wasn't even cord so, so that you could have a handle on it. It wasn't even shaved down. Just, it was a, just a dowel of wood, like, <laughs> like Babe Ruth's bat. That's it. Love it. Love I'm already, it. I'm, you got me all geeked yeah. up for it. Yeah. We'll find a way to make it happen. We'll get, We'll get the camera crew to go. That's what Allie wants to do. <laughs> get the, the camera crew to go out on the road with it. Road tripping. All right, Patrick, last thing I wanted to talk about today, uh, and obviously we'll probably have more to say on it tomorrow, but a little bit of preparation for the non-tender deadline. Um, hopes, fears, thoughts, feelings, <laughs> impressions. Uh, what do you – again, it, it's – 
I don't know. Has it been a weird offseason yet? Or are we just continuing to hope for it to be an offseason? You know, Royals go sign Mike Miner. You know, I don't know. Some I feel like some things are happening that feel perfectly normal. Uh, like the the Braves, you know, with their signings. It's like in any normal you, you go, sure, that makes sense. But I thought no one was gonna spend any money. Mark Knudsen, buddy. <laughs> you said no one was spending any money at all. Zero dollars. Uh hadn't quite played out that way, but what do you think? Is this going to be a historic? Well, it will be historic. It will be the most players that are non-tendered. We've been seeing those numbers kind of uptick the last year or two. So across the game, that'll be the case. Will be interesting for for you know to see what the Rockies do because the guys that are uh, arbitration eligible that have been kind of whispered about, they're not really making that much money. And you right. think about you know. Again, some of the big contracts that are that are put out there for for certain guys, like if the Rockies, you know, they they could go and sign a, a free agent on the cheap and still maybe have to increase their offer by half a million dollars. Yet, if they decide to DFA, or rather, if they decide to non-tender Elias Diaz, who's only making, who's set to make about maybe eight hundred sixty-five thousand dollars, <laughs> well, guess what? Dom Nunez isn't even making. Half right. a million dollars less. He's only making about three hundred thousand dollars less. Yeah. So you paid more to that free agent and gave him a little bonus or a little boost in order to to sign him away from somebody else. That isn't even made up by dropping him. Um, Tony Walters is a guy that again seems crazy to think that he might not be a Rocky going forward or that they would non tender him. I think they they would they would really I, love to bring him back, but at at a projected $2 million, he's been another player that has been kind of hinted that, you know what? Consider that. He might, and, and, and it, it seems totally crazy based on it everything does. that we know it, about Tony Walters. And in spite of the 2020 season, which wasn't a full season, it was a snapshot. And to kind of have to make a decision like that based yeah. on that snapshot, that would be heartbreaking. But I think what's going to happen is, is like I said, it, it's going to be historic just by how many guys – get non-tendered, I think you're going to have a lot of teams saying, and, and agents knowing full well what's going on. They can read the yeah. key leads. And I think teams are going to approach these some of these players and say, look, we've got to have you back, but I'm sure you know we can't justify paying you this price. And I think a lot of agents out there uh, would do right by their clients in certain instances and say, they're right. No, I, no one else is going to pick you up at this rate. So you know what? Let's take this guaranteed money now because that's the other thing. Is right. that when this when this game of musical chairs starts moving around, at a certain point, if it becomes Elias Diaz and Dom Nunez and Drew Butera signs a minor league deal, where's room for Tony Walters at a mil, you know, one point two five million or or one point five million? So you know what? If the Rockies say we're going to non-tender you, but we're going to immediately resign you to a one-year, one one and a quarter million dollar deal. Tony Walters would probably be, you know, pretty wise to take that. He's one of those guys that I think fans again, it's it this is the business part of the game where it gets weird and can get nasty and you go, "What? How are they totally cutting this guy?" and like yeah, it, it, yeah. it's not as simple as that right now. And then any other right. year, I don't know that that would happen. I think the Rockies would love to maybe non-tender and renegotiate, but I think in any other year, you'd have a handful of teams going We'll, we'll gladly take Tony Walters. He would line up nicely as our bat. You know, the Chicago White Sox go, hey, great. We already got Yasmani Grandal, oh, yeah. who can mash when he's in the lineup. 
So we'll just go ahead and pair Tony Walters with Lucas Giolito because guess what? When Gio's on the hill, he's not going to be giving up a lot of runs. So we'll take the defense. We'll take the we'll take the dig offensively to have Walters as our backup for two million dollars. But this right. year, he'd be anybody's backup. Same. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. So, yeah, Tony Walters would be any. It would be a backup on any team in baseball. Part of the problem has always been has he been miscast as a a starting catcher for the Colorado Rockies. But this is the one that I think is yeah. the most interesting and the most possible. And that I think that would have the fans the most irate, even more irate uh-huh. than they already are on a regular daily basis. Who is it, Drew? Who could possibly be non-tendered? I think it's Walters. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I really do. And and like and I've seen some some people suggest um you know, uh, what was the other one? Shoot, now I'm trying to remember. But well, he is, you're right. He's the one to, that they to finish my point on Walters. Yeah, it's just because and, and you just laid it out because Elias Diaz overtook him as the starter right now. He just has. And it sucks that it was in a 60 game sample, but it's also not just a 60 game sample that we haven't seen or that we have seen Walters not hit, that we haven't seen him hit, that we haven't not seen him not hit. Yeah, all of that. Uh, Brew, proud sponsor of the DNVR podcast. Now. Straight up. <laughs> uh, we know there are issues with Tony Walter's back, and we know he's a great defensive catcher, but Diaz showed to be perfectly capable behind the plate and to bring an element the Rockies have not seen from their catcher on offense in a very long time. And to have that means you don't have to pay $2 million to a guy because you like him and the fans like him. And because probably be better if he was on your team, there's $2 million than Dom Nunez right now. Probably not. And it would suck. Like there, look, man, there are few people I like talking to in that clubhouse back when, remember that? Remember back when we used to talk to people in the clubhouse? And Walters is one of those guys, everybody. I mean, we're not alone in this. First of all, catchers always have the layer but, but he's we, right. we said yes. it all we said at the beginning of last season i mean even even to the end even when he lost his starting role he's a leader he's a guy that again you go you know who are the leaders in that clubhouse well you you know the guys that, that who their words carry some weight because they're the stars of the team but you know what who's getting down in the dirt and is mixing it up with all the different groups it's tony freaking walters right, right. and that would be the thing that they would miss the most and if they decide to keep him i would suggest that that would be the biggest reason why is is for for that because you can barely make the argument that he, he should be on the outside looking in when it comes to actually getting a job if you can spend if, if two million dollars gets you another quality who's again of, of the robert stevenson i feel like he's he's almost now he gets to be the poster child for this for a minute like if you get another and that and you don't even need to spend a million dollars to get a player that caliber you, you spend less to get another robert stevenson two million gets a reliever who's a little bit better than that and a reliever who's a really a little bit better than that after having gotten this guy is just so much more important to your team than is tony walters right now so um except for that leadership part on the field way more important and the stuff we can measure era plus and all this stuff that we love to crunch in your clubhouse what are you losing uh that's going to be a very very interesting decision He's got that six tool, the clubhousiness. Yes. He's got he that does. in spades. Four mm-hmm. other guys we've seen um, the national media kind of hint uh, about 
who could also be non-tendered. One is kind of a no-brainer, but you go, I guess you could make the case that it would, it, you could make the case have somebody else who's not from this market and who has not seen this man pitch. You go, okay, I guess John Gray at $5.9 million. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's not that was the one I was searching for. And because it was so, I, I was like, no, 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 surely nobody actually that's said it. And then I found, I found the article where somebody said, yeah, they could non-tender John Gray. I was like, no, th- what? You'd be better <laughs> off trading him because somebody else is just going to pick him up for nothing. That's right. the thing. And, and, and there's going to be a lot of suitors out there. He's yeah. That, that's just a no brainer. Call his agent within the hour. That's yeah. silly. That. That comes from, like you said, that that comes from. I, I read a very silly thing from a very smart writer on a comment section today. A writer I have a great deal of of respect, admiration for, and I've I've sung her praises on this very podcast. But somebody asked her in a Q and A, you know, what do you think of this trade? And and it involved John Gray, and she basically just straight out admitted, like, I really don't know anything about John Gray, but it's always kind of interesting. But you probably get him for nothing, and it was just like. This really is. This is just the level of. Mm, it just. <laughs> that's how. <laughs> that's what, what about happens. Chichi Gonzalez? He's, he's he's set to make about one point two million dollars. Now he's. No, I. He's, I, he's yeah, fifth starter fodder well, again, but at that price, it's probably too much. And then the uh, the other two not. names, who again, guys are not making a lot of money yet. <laughs> you go, Jairo Diaz. He's set to make mm. an arbitration eight hundred thousand dollars. That's it. I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay that. I'm gonna pay him that for sure. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars more than the league minimum. Like that's I'm insane. Paid. But maybe, but maybe Colorado thinks they could get away with non-tendering him, but bringing him back on more of an incentive-laid deal and go. Actually, we'll end up paying you more if you know if if you make the club and whatnot. And Carlos Estevez set to make about one point five, a little bit more. Again, two guys. Same you know, thing. I'd, I'd I'd almost be more inclined to uh, pay Carlos Estevez twice as much than Jairo yeah. Diaz. I yeah. think, and I, it does worry me a little bit. You know, Jairo's you know usage from the 2019 season. If you know his mm-hmm. his arm is a little bit run down. Now that's not to say that he's done forever. Just going into for the 2021 season. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I think I'd rather pay Carlos Estevez 1.5 million. Than Jairo Diaz, $800,000. And these yeah, are the decisions the Rockies are going to have to make. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's one or the other, I'm, I'm with you. Just Estevez has shown the ability to do it. And there's another thing. Like, we've got to come up with a – for Manny, we'll come up with a very specific formula so that it has an exact equation so that we can put a number at the very end of it specifically. But for <laughs> for for the, the, the course tax or whatever you want to call it, for ability – Having on your resume, having success at Coors over any kind of consistent period of time, the val- what is the value of that on the free market? What is the value of that to the Rockies? And that's something that Carlos Estevez has done. And so, you know, well, I don't know exactly how much it's worth, but I know it's worth something. Um, I, yeah, it- I prefer to keep both of those players as, as possible because, again, if I'm the Rockies, those are the kinds of players at the type of money or resource investment that I'm looking to acquire, that I'm looking to add. I want to hopefully maybe not quite as many who are as volatile as Diaz and Estevez, but relievers with stuff who are making less than $2 million, 
<laughs> they need they need to be getting those. And I love what you snuck in there too about the incentive laden deals. As many of those, we talked about that with Greg Holland, um, Adam Adovino's original deal was pretty incentive laden. I think Chris Russin's deals were incentive laden. That's the kind of thing they need to be doing. Yeah, it's interesting because it's it's this reverse thing about hey guys who can't you know pitch at Coors Field or you know some guys just aren't you know Rockies would have to pay a lot extra to convince a guy to pitch at Coors Field and even then you don't know what you're going to get. Well, you know what? Right. Because you don't know who can pitch at Coors Field when you have a guy that has shown the ability to do it, like Carlos Estevez, you have to pay more. And right now, yeah. this has been the only time in baseball history where just paying a guy who's arbitration eligible, what he's typically been worth is an overpay. Because right, right now we're we're going through some stuff uh, financially, not just just as a as a nation or as a planet, but the sport in in and of itself in a lot of ways. This is you know something that I I, I wanted to to talk about, and, and maybe it's for another day. Just what free agency is supposed to look like. And we are nowhere near what free agency is supposed to look like. Right. And that's, right. that's, that's a whole topic for another day. And that, that explains the economics of baseball for people to try to understand is, right. is that element. And, and also, even, even in, in the non-pandemic year, the economics of baseball is more than just, who's that guy? I want him. I'll give you this. I just want the guy. You're, you're getting more than just a player. You're getting a contract. You're getting their future value. You're getting all of those things, and and that's that third dimension. I think we can all see two dimensional talent in a lot of ways, but there's that. That's that's what analytics is. Is that third dimension to go? Hey, it's easy to see who the best players are. They're at the top of the leaderboards of all the counting stats and a lot of the rate stats as well. But what about the guys who haven't qualified? Can you tell me how good if if this guy's a gamer or not based on how well he played in September against maybe quadruple A pitching? Can you tell me how well he did? You know, he right. had a DL a couple times, but he only played 80 games, and these were his numbers. He only had 25 RBI, so that means what? He would have gotten only 50 during a full season, so he's not very good. Right. Analytics right. allows us to see past that, and the economics of baseball and, and free agency and everything that's happened right now is totally changing the game in, in, in a major way in this sport, and there's going to be teams that take advantage of it, teams that I think all teams are going to take advantage of it. But some teams are going to make it work. Oh, for they're going to be better, and yeah, and yum. some teams are not. We'll see who the Rockies are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back to our original. Oh my God, am I here? You're here. You're there. You're good. You, you, you took right. a you took a temporary you powder. You powdered out of the ring, but you just rolled back in. But just thinking on the the. You know how I am. Very high. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just imagine Bud Black, you know, it, it going into the office of whether it's Jeff Breidich or Dick Monfort and them putting him, to him what we just did. You know, who would you rather have? Jairo Diaz at 800K or Carlos Estevez at 1.5? And Bud Black's going saying exactly what I just said a moment ago. I need, not only do I need both of those guys, I need more of those guys. And the equation can't be that simple, as Patrick was just playing out. If it was up, if Bud Black got to decide, <laughs> you know, that wouldn't be a question. The idea of non-tendering Carlos Estevez would, wouldn't get past 
step one and he would laugh and he would go, no, I need him. Please move on with your day. Uh, but this is, this is the reality that we're living in now. And, and we're going to have to dive deeper and deeper into it over the coming days and weeks. I think it's going to, it's going to get weirder and weirder and we're going to see some interesting things. But I do think, like you said, there's a chance here. The Rockies play those types of decisions properly because it's a different game. That's, that's something else to point out is like, their failures of past, like those aren't even on the table. <laughs> like they, they're, they're playing a whole different game this offseason, as is everyone else. Um, early on, as you said, you know, we we're kind of talking about it right now. I feel like the best indication we have from the Rockies is that they recognize this. And they haven't done, as people would have you believe, maybe, quote, nothing. They've done a lot of little things. They've been very little. But they're making these little moves. They're not sitting around going, ah, we're not going to do anything. They're, and they're very targeted. Almost all of them have been targeted at the bullpen. So that's going to continue to be fascinating as well. But it's going to be an interesting day tomorrow. We'll be right back here with all of the details about it. So hold on to you. Yeah, the, the, addition of, the addition of Stevenson actually adds payroll. Granted, maybe only $50,000. But hey, right. Let's let's enter the spin zone here for a second. They did add payroll it's in that not, trade, not, so all right, give them that. It's not nothing, right. and all right. it's not nothing. And remember, non-tender does not mean goodbye forever. It's just that's time right. out for right now. So hold your horses. <laughs> yeah, gather all the hay you want. Put it on the bindle of a piece of wood, but don't light it on fire until you know for sure that the guy you want to come back, and that was non-tendered, doesn't come back. Wait to light the torches, because I think we could see both higher ideas and Tony Walters to get non-tendered, but also come back and sign a one-year deal. I think, I think there's a chance for that. Yeah, I think all that's on the table. So stick with us here for the next couple of days and weeks as we dive into all the details of what does happen you got to be subscribed to the dnvr.com so that you don't miss out on any of our written content. Plus, the hats, shirts, masks. You get a bigger beer at the DNVR bar when that opens back up in a few weeks when things will hopefully be in a much better condition. Uh, you get all kinds of great stuff for being a member of the DNVR community. In fact, I saw the other day on Twitter somebody signed up for a subscription just so they could come and hang out with us in the Discord and chat me video games and uh, all kinds of other stuff. Whatever's going on in in your life, people sharing pictures with us. People are getting married and and expanding their families. We want to see all of it, man. We really we're a community here. We're Colorado sports fans who also have outside of Colorado sports and and just enjoy each other's company. So come join the community. Follow everyone on social media at Patrick D Lines at Drew Creaseman at DNVR underscore Rockies. All that stuff just continue to be absolutely awesome up there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.